0: Dad Drinking is brought to you by Side Project Jerky. Check out our two new flavors, cowboy and peppercorn pork shreds, at sideprojectjerky.com. Order now. Alright, welcome to episode ten of dad drinking. How you doing, Jim? Doing great, Marcos, because I've been a dad since oh9 Long fucking time. Long yeah. fucking time. So uh, again you gotta forgive the delay in the weekly podcasting, right? But uh, since we've been away, we've been able to get a very, very, very special guest. It's Finally. amazing. It's amazing. amazing. It's amazing.
1: And and while he's not a dad to a human, he actually is a father multiple times over of articles and books, um, a couple books about drinking, and he's due to have his, his second uh, alcohol book child
0: in May, right? <laughs> so let's right. introduce, uh, who is it, Marcus? Let's give a very, very warm welcome to a very, very... Good friend of mine. I, I've known you for like 10 years, yeah? Very long time. Very, very long much. time to Mr. Drew Laser. Woo! <laughs> that's, hey that's like the biggest dad drinking cheer you've ever gotten. Yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> I'm very honored. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Uh, I haven't been on too many podcasts. So this is something cool. This is amazing. It's I, a, yeah. I really like the uh, the filter type. What is the name of this thing that's in front of the microphone? That is
0: the pop filter. Pop. So whenever you go,
2: it doesn't make that The first time I saw this, uh, Master P used it, and ever since then I've been like, I don't know what they're for, but it just looked so cool when P was like, rapping into it, so I feel a little bit like a no-limit soldier right now. Nice.
0: You understand? You understand. Well, listen, if you want to lay down some bars, we can do that. We have the capability. Toward the end of the podcast, we can get into that. But uh, prior to that, let's let's get some podcasting done, huh? Yeah. Why don't you tell us about your childhood still? (laughs) Okay, well... Uh,
2: May twenty second, twenty eighteen. Uh, I have a new book coming out called Session Cocktails. Nice. Yes, it is a collaboration between myself, uh, the amazing team at Punch uh, PunchDrink uh, dot For my money, the best online magazine about drinking and drinking culture that there is. It's a pretty. Uh, sick,
0: it's it's sick. I I love it. I, I love I love your stories, um especially. Yeah. Thank I, you.
1: When I when I go online to read about alcohol, I go to Punch, but I also go to DadDrinking.com too, which I forgot to mention at the top. That oh yes, if you want to find us at DadDrinking.com, you can find us. You can find us at uh, DadDrinking on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Marcos at uh, Fidel Gastro That's on right. Twitter.
0: You can find Don- Jim at yeah.
1: J-, J of Cosgrove Nine. Yeah, I won't. I won't let you follow me though. I'm private. <laughs> yeah. um, and where can we find you, Drew? Uh,
2: uh, on every platform, it's just my name, Drew Laser. Uh, it's Drew, and then like Razor with an L.
1: Like Major Laser.
2: Uh, no, that's no. an oh, E-R, he has an um, oh, O-R. But with L-A- a Z, yeah. right? Yep, L-A-Z-O-R. Yeah. Got it. Slovak. Nice. Yeah, just like, it's uh I get many weird pronunciations. Lazor, it makes me sound a lot classier and and, uh, <laughs> and and foreign and exotic than I actually am. I'm just some idiot from Baltimore. But I happen to have a weird and obscure last name. So, yeah, it's just like uh, Razor with an L. It's dope, though,
0: it's like laser.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know? That's... A lot of people are like... Whoa! Is that your real last name? And I'm like, yes. It's your, it's Why your would I? Make... Nom de plume, man. No, like <laughs> I wish I was creative enough to make it up. No, it's just my last name, guys. Yeah.
0: Now, when you were little, did you want to be on American Gladiators or?
2: I, yes, I definitely, I, what is, I forget the name of the event where it's like multiple battle stations and like one gladiator has the, the tennis ball cannon. and Yeah, you have that to, was the shit. That was yeah, awesome. That
0: was my, that, I think that was my favorite one. But what, like the the most fucked up thing was there was one of those stations, like the gun never worked.
2: Right. I think it was, it was almost like a, a, a rocket launcher uh, style, like nerf. Total throwaway. Yeah. Total fucking bullshit. Yeah.
1: I didn't like that. The contestants would get job too, because it was usually their weapons that would malfunction. Yeah. But the the gladiators were like fifteen times their size, yeah. much more athletic, they would just rip into them.
2: Yeah. Was yeah. Zap uh, a female gladiator? I Zap? think I think okay. so. I think. If I remember correctly, that's the one I had a very, very, very big crush on. As yeah. A kid. Zap was my favorite. If it might have been a a male. Uh, gladiator too and if so i'm not gonna like change that statement i'm just gonna leave it zap was your thing yeah i celebrate all gladiators (laughs) regardless as long as they're american right but yeah (laughs) well it's a different time yeah so
1: so, um so tell us a little bit about session cocktails
2: oh right okay so session cocktails it's coming out may 22nd 2018 you can pre-order it now very excited about it uh, like I was mentioning before, it's a collaboration between me and the great team at Punch, uh, who was responsible for everything from, you know, getting the recipes for the book, the amazing photography for the book, uh, you know, and, and it's being published by 10 Speed Press. Awesome. Um, yeah, out of California, who publishes some amazing food and drink uh, books, among many other topics as well, but I really, really like their stable of food and drink stuff, so I feel very fortunate to have something coming out with them.
0: That's badass. That's really cool. That's exciting. So uh, we're actually making uh, a drink from Session Cocktails. Uh, Drew was gracious enough to uh, give us an advanced share of the recipe. Drew, you want to tell us a little bit about this cocktail?
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's it's definitely not a new cocktail. It's not an uh, original cocktail. However, this particular interpretation, I think, uh, has a specific contemporary stamp on it. Uh, the drink is called the Old Hickory. Um, it... Dates back to I believe the mid to late '30s, uh, and it was attributed to a uh, New Orleans bar. Uh, well, I, I believe it was attributed. It was in a book uh, about New Orleans cocktails. I should say.
0: Nolins, what's your what's your what's your feeling on pronouncing New Orleans Nolins? Is that uh, bullshit?
2: I feel as though I cannot do that. Uh, I'm not from there, and so I feel like, like, it like San
0: Francisco Frisco?
2: Yeah, or San Fran. Yeah. They hate it so much, but part of the reason why I think people do it is because they know that natives hate it so much, so they do it just to irritate people.
1: Definitely people from here yeah. in Philly would do that. N- yeah,
2: yeah, I cannot get away with saying Nolens, uh, but if you're from down there and if you're a native, by all means you have your own pronunciations. So I just call it New Orleans.
1: Not New very Orleans.
0: robotic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Way or just Nola? Nola <laughs> Nola's good. Nola's good. I I think for a time I did say New Orleans, mm-hmm. for and there's no reason for it. Absolutely, like at all.
2: People like, down there say that too. It, yeah. It's a I think it's like a choose your own adventure style pronunciation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I should yeah I should clarify. The book itself is called uh, Famous New Orleans Drinks and How to Mix Them. Apostrophe Yeah, I'm not cool. mix okay. them. Mix <laughs> them. Um, it's by a writer named Stanley Arthur, and it came out in 1937. Okay. So, this is a New Orleans, a Nolens Nola uh, originating drink, much like all or some of our most favorite cocktails. Yeah. Um, it's very simple. It's just sweet vermouth, dry vermouth, Peychaud's bitters, and orange bitters. And you just put that together, you, you, you stir it up. Uh, in ice, and then you just yeah, you can serve it on the rocks. Uh, so I've seen people drink it neat as well. It's very easy to drink. It has a lot of flavor, um, but it really kind of epitomizes what the term session cocktail really means. Uh, in, in very very basic terms, it's a it's a cocktail you can drink uh, multiple of while driving. <laughs> that is <laughs> just to clarify that is that was not something I would suggest. Uh, <laughs> However, I mean, that is one of many reasons why I think people are interested in low ABV, low alcohol session cocktails nowadays. That's one of a million reasons. Yeah. Um, and I, one reason I was really drawn to this drink, uh, aside from it being very easy to make and very, very tasty, is it has history. It has heritage. Yeah. Uh, it can be traced all the way back to this book that came out in the 30s. Um, the story is that this drink was named after andrew jackson whose nickname was old hickory uh however i personally don't feel that there's that much real corroborating evidence that like would confirm that they say that during the battle of new orleans this was like his drink that he got at a bar down there and he and he loved it and that's why it's named this drink Uh, i think i love that he had
1: time to go out yeah. Right, while, yeah. while planning <laughs> yeah. while planning attacks against the British or the there, French yeah, there's or There's battle
2: hours, yeah. and then there's like, you know, there's happy hour. You decompress a little bit. <laughs> you go back to your, your camp yeah. and hang out. And then you, Opry, you, bomb. You, yeah. Opry yeah, bomb. And then you just, yeah, then you fight again Opry the next morning. But uh, I think the more likely story is that there was a bar and restaurant called Old Hickory in New Orleans. And it's likely, if I had a guess, uh, I would say that it's probably that's where this drink originated, that, that bar who knows where uh, Jackson comes into the whole thing but uh, I'm pretty sure that's w- what happened in some some weird um, like osmosis format it, that's how old Hickory came to be
0: yeah very cool very cool well i I am really really enjoying this drink and and I love the fact that I can enjoy you know more than seven in <laughs> a, in one sitting which is is great and i do love the the simplicity of it um i i think i i don't know maybe five six years back i was talking to a friend of mine and and he was talking about oh vermouth it's it's making a comeback and and i (laughs) I was like well isn't vermouth just the shit that they rinse the, the martini glass with and he's like no no you drink it you drink it so so it's it's actually really great on its own um i don't know what do you what do you think jim
1: so i i liked the the brands we had um the the I'm sorry I, I can't remember exactly it's not Dolan. it's a new brand that we're taking oh, the dry right. vermouth Did right you, which a, one was that the
2: dry vermouth we're, we're having Lo-fi uh, Lo-fi is a, yeah it is a new newcomer to the vermouth space uh, yeah. as people like to say is it uh, an American vermouth or, it or is, is it a, it's a, a it's, fring, uh, it's basically it's a collaboration between uh, Gallo Wines which you guys know they're one of the biggest wine names out there. Mm-hmm and uh quaker city mercantile which is based in philadelphia cool. they're responsible for products like hendrix gin sailor jerry rum um, and all sorts of uh, these really interesting kind of obscure uh cool liqueurs and spirits uh, that have really interesting backstories and very american backstories so with this um yeah it's basically it's uh the grapes used to make these products, they have a sweet vermouth, a dry vermouth, and a, a gentian amaro, which is my personal favorite of the three. Uh, but we're using the dry for this old hickory. Um, it comes from grapes from the central coast of California. And yeah, and they, they I really like them. They're, they're relatively new. Um, here in Pennsylvania, they are in a special liquor order, SLO. Uh, mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Pennsylvania yeah, this is, is <laughs> very ass-backwards. The,
1: the listeners that you'll uh, come in contact with through this podcast know that we basically spend one two-minute segment every every Just single complaining about complaining about about, yes yeah, plcd okay well,
2: yeah, we'll, yeah we'll spare we'll spare everyone they know then the, <laughs> it's yeah, tough your listenership knows that yeah. they stink but basically this is what I, I meant to say was that it's not available on your average shelf uh but hopefully in the future it will be yeah uh but, yeah. but you can
1: make this with with any driver move, yes. correct
2: uh yeah uh dolan dolan driver move is another really really nice one to use for this um, the sweet vermouth we used was was Carp- Carpano Antica formula, which mm-hmm. is, for my money, the best sweet vermouth. It's you unbelievable. Can get. It was delicious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, why overcomplicated? I think that's just the best. It's it's excellent.
1: You know what, what struck me about that particular um, uh, component of the drink was that it wasn't kind of thick and syrupy. I, I feel like a lot of times. And this may be because people just leave their sweet vermouth in a cabinet and don't keep it refrigerated. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Uh, this it uh, wine It's still a wine. Right. It's going it...
2: to last longer than uh, some other grape or wine-based products. But yeah, definitely refrigerate it, and it has a shelf life. So you drink it. Don't just let it sit right.
1: there. Right. Don't let it coagulate or get, tip, get syrupy. Right. Yeah. Pro tip, This guy has a book coming out. <laughs> so. Because um, I don't.
0: I. I've never. I. I never knew that. I. I never knew that you were supposed to refrigerate really? your vermouth. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you, you never read. No, I don't. No, I don't. You always make me feel bad about it. It's fucked up.
1: Well, if you read, then what would I do on this show? I don't know. You know, I that's mean, the thing. just look handsome. Yeah, it comes through. Uh, so, so I my thought about this drink was that it was very easy to drink, almost dangerously so. Uh, I mean, it, it tastes. So it, it's it's kind of in the vein of a cup, right? Like a like a punch, and it, while it has. Some strength to it. It's super smooth. It's got uh, a lot of bitters in it, but the bitters uh, add flavor and a good nose. The nose is very um, orangey, oily, essencey. Uh, and yeah, ton-
0: tons of citrus. Tons yeah. of citrus. A-
1: and it's it's just easy to drink. I, I don't know what else to say. We 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 dealt with sesh tails earlier uh, in this podcast
2: and sesh tails. Yeah, yeah. Sesh-tales. session cocktails. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to borrow that from you guys please 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 do yeah it just fits on twitter uh, easier because it's fewer characters
1: exactly um so so i i just think that to me this isn't honestly my favorite drink of all time but it's something that i would love to whip up for people that haven't tried vermouth outside the context of like a manhattan
0: yeah right Uh, yeah you know and and i guess that's kind of like a you know less less stringent we were talking earlier a less stringent negroni yeah. and and, and or, or people that aren't really you know gin fans right. right so this is a great way to say hey you know why don't you try this vermouth stuff oh and by the way don't forget to refrigerate it
1: <laughs> <laughs> and right and like vermouth is not a thing you should shy away from in a martini right yeah. either like that, yeah. that's that's kind of one of my pet peeves about martinis is number one people use vodka and number two they don't use any vermouth and and um, I think the vermouth is a good balance yeah yeah. Indeed. Is this the best thing you drank
0: since we last spoke? Uh, it, it could be. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if I had to, if I really had to to say, you know, if I had to pick something that, that wasn't Hopslam, because Hopslam just came out, but I talked too much about beer. And I did we too talk much about, about Hopslam, Hopslam last time? No, we talked about, oh, did we? Yeah, you did. Shit, no. Yeah, no, we didn't. Did. No, we didn't. We definitely didn't. Did we? <laughs> Fuck. I Come to Dad did. Drinking,
1: where you can hear us bicker about what we talked about last yeah, time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well... Okay, well, then you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably the best thing I've drank since, last, since the last recording Excellent.
1: session. Last, last, the best thing that I drank since the last recording session was my, uh, my bottle of Prosecco. Prosecco, however you say that. That um, my, my wife put on ice for me. Um, while the, immediately following the uh, Eagles' Super Bowl victory over the New England Patriots, which for me, as a as a native Philadelphian and someone who takes this very seriously, has quite honestly been a life changing event, I feel like nothing bothers happier? me. Yeah, nothing bothers me. Nothing, like, at all. I used to be you. super uptight. <laughs> like, really uptight. <laughs>
2: Even like Marco Fultz, that's not bothering you. Right? No, I don't <laughs> no? care.
1: I don't care if he ever plays. Honestly, I mean, huh. I would love for him to play, and I think he's going to be great. Once he learns to shoot again, but um, I, I really don't mind. Like because they won the Super Bowl, which is something I never thought I would see,
0: ever. It was it was amazing that Monday, after after the Super Bowl, everybody was in the best yeah. mood. I high fived like four people at Wawa. If getting you were driving, <laughs> like I, I take I take the Pennsylvania Turnpike to work, and everyone was driving slow. And... No. Yeah. Really? Yep. Everyone was driving slow. I got to the office, and everybody was just like, I, I love you, man. And so many, like, just, you know, it's, hugs. And it's just, an emotional thing.
1: I mean, it's, it, it fits well with the dad theme, because I, I had to watch the game with my dad. What We watched... You? And he's not a huge sports fan but he does we have a tradition of going to eagles games together particularly the nfc east games that's awesome um and so i wanted we and we went to both playoff games we did not win the super bowl ticket lottery uh for season ticket holders so we decided to watch together at his house which is why and before the game i convinced my mother to um be my designated driver home so that i could nerve drink uh (laughs) during the game yeah seems like a great lady she's awesome she's awesome and i made sure that we did not jinx the Super Bowl by putting the champagne like in the fridge before the game actually started or was over. So, yeah. So it worked. You're welcome, Philadelphia. I didn't jinx us. <laughs> and now we're champion. So that yeah. that
0: was my my moment. That was it. That was yeah. celebratory. Drew, what's the best thing you've drank in recent memory?
2: Ooh, okay. Um I recently did a, a piece for Timeout Philadelphia. Um Timeout recently opened a Philadelphia uh Office. I don't know the right way to branch. Okay. Uh, they're, well, they're most. It's mostly online, but they do have a few print publications a year. Okay. Um, it's run by my uh, former coworker and great guy Josh Middleton, uh, okay. former coworker at Philadelphia City Paper. Hi, Josh. And he's awesome. And you definitely check out uh, Time Out Philly. But I, I did a piece where I just kind of toured through five new and up and coming breweries in the area. Uh, one of them was Brewery Ars, that's A-R-S, it's in uh, I haven't Lake.
0: been there yet. I've heard really great things. Brewery
2: said. Ars is Arsome. I don't know if they can, <laughs> they should probably not let me in there anymore because I said that. Uh, it's it's on West Pass Yonk, not no. East Pass Now, Yes. West Pass Yonk, it's kind of like. like Point Breeze? Well, like if Grace. like, East Pass Yonk is George Michael, like West Pass Yonk's like Andrew Ridgely, you know? <laughs> like it's there. And like you know that it's there and you know that it does have stuff, but like you, you know, you, everyone's.
0: No one's going to carelessly whisper about West Pass Yonk.
2: That's correct. However, there's a lot of stuff going on on that side of Pass Yonk. That's That's the west side of Broad Street. Uh, in the past couple of years, um, new restaurants, new stuff, and it used to be kind of just industrial and residential and cheese yeah. steaky too, right? And cheese steaky, yeah water icy, cheese steaky. <laughs> uh, but now there's new places opening, and ours is one of them. It's two twin brothers, um, Andy and Sean, uh, then they basically uh, open up this very small uh, brewery in a garage. and him, uh, the, those two guys, and they have a brewer that works with them as well named miles, and they make, uh, beers that they like to drink, so they make dark beers, they make saisons, and they make hoppy kind of, uh, you were chatting earlier about kind of the quote-unquote juicy uh, <laughs> IPAs and that whole <laughs> hazy, juicy, whatever whatever uh, descriptor you want to use category of, of hoppy IPAs these days, um, they make those. And I happen to like all other styles as well. And I just, like, I really uh, admire their uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. They, uh, and, you know, they're, they did it themselves, you know. And it's a small place, and they don't have any grand ambitions to become, like, the next uh, InBev or anything. They're just making really awesome beers. And one that really stood out to me was um, called Fumus, F-U-M-U-S, I believe it is. It was a uh, smoked uh, dark beer that they made. Like with- a Rauch beer? Kinda? Not, uh, it was or... not that smoky. It okay. was not like, okay. cause sometimes that's like beat you over the head with a burning log smoky yeah. and which I personally like once in a while, but this one had a really nice smoky character, but it also had, uh, I think they, I believe they brewed it with honey. So it had a mm. little bit of sweetness, but it was not too smoky nor was it too sweet. And I really like, uh, I really liked it beer a lot and it stood out to me so much so that I went back and got a growler of it just so I could have it at home. Uh, but the thing about them is they're so small that they make new beers every week. They do have some that that uh, are recurring. But for the most part, it's new stuff every week. So it's exciting to see what they come up with on a whim. Yeah. It sounds
1: like that uh, the Netflix show Easy, the two brothers that make the beer. I don't know if you guys watched that. I've right not now. seen that. No. no. Yeah, it's basically what you just explained was a whole story arc on two seasons of Easy. Oh, shit. Well, it's like short stories. Each episode is a different okay. story. But then oh. in the second season, they catch you up on what happened since you last saw them interesting two brothers small brewery they make beers that they like for their friends and they experience success i don't know if there are some but um you know <laughs> it's close
2: i feel bad describing west passion because the andrew ridgely <laughs> i didn't mean to i'm not what i meant to say was like people people unfairly ignore that side of past Yunk Avenue. right there's a lot of good stuff yeah um yeah like for the for years it's just big box stores like you would go down and go to PetSmart smart or like mm-hmm. walmart or whatever but now there's a lot of independent business owners down there doing really
0: cool stuff, and the that's Ars Arsenal Brothers are one example of that. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. What? what where else did you? Uh, where else did you hit on the?
2: Ooh. Okay. Um, well, the two are not yet open as of today. Um, that's nice. Lo- Love City. That's uh, that's going to be opening on Spring Garden Street. Okay. Uh, right off Spring Garden, uh, kind of near where Union Transfer is. Okay. Uh, yeah. So kind of
0: near the New Yards place then. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. They're right
2: near the, the New Yards facility uh, and right near Roy Pitts Barrel House, which opened up there recently as well. So that kind of east side of Spring Garden has a lot of beer action, like a brewery town 2.0 kind of thing going on. Um, and then Workhorse Brewing, that's opening in King of Prussia, um, okay. probably late spring, early summer of this coming year. Um, they're really cool. the The brewer uh, used to be the brewer of Devil's Backbone, uh, which okay. is in Virginia. Nice,
1: that's uh, Virginia Tech, right? Uh,
2: I believe it is. Yeah, and I believe Waxburg. it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's We're, right there. We in have that
1: a, a listener, Jansen, who who pointed out the people waiting outside for episode eight.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> he he's a big fan of Devil's Backbone. He's a tech grad. All this. He's like one of those guys. I don't know if you know people that went to Virginia Tech, but they are like the number one gear purchasers and wearers of uh, their alma mater. So like mm. they'll walk around in multiple pieces of clothing with
0: Virginia so Tech get, written on get it, like VT polos, yeah. while wearing VT socks. You no, know, he'll
1: he'll wear like the full like a VT hat, t-shirt with a sweatshirt over top with sweatpants. <laughs> we call that the the tuxedo. <laughs>
0: tuxedo. Um, he's
1: he's worn that a couple times. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's tuxedo. good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I jumped no,
2: in there. No, no, yeah, Workhorse, they're opening up soon. Uh, I also went to Wissahickon Brewing, which is in East Falls, not too
0: far from here. I just had something from them that was, it was like a, you know, a hazy pale ale. It was really, really tasty. I hear they're packing them in there, too. Like, it's just. It's a great, uh, yeah, it's a
2: great tasting room space. Uh, it's the type of such situation where they have uh, food trucks or mobile food vendors come in and serve. They don't have, like, a dedicated chef or kitchen. So that's cool because you get to try a different type of food every time you go. Uh, all their beers are named after uh, local landmarks. So there's Kelpius Cave, uh, where Johann Kelpius, the uh, Transylvanian mystic, like moved there uh, in the 1600s. And he was like, the world's going to end, so I'm just going to move into this cave. And then the world didn't end. So he was like, So like a
1: Transylvanian I... came to Pennsylvania? That's correct. Yes. During the end of the, the world in the uh, 1600s. Yeah,
2: I, I forget exactly why he left Europe. But, yeah, he had a prophecy. He was like a Christian mystic who believed that the world was ending. Uh, and so he moved to what is now Fairmont Park and and started, like, a, a commune. Wow. Uh, the world didn't end, um, and he was just hanging out. That's, that's got to be yeah, the, the
0: worst f- feeling. Like, like, the world's going to end. Everyone's like, yeah, we got you, dude, we got you. And then the world doesn't end. It's like, yo. <laughs> So yeah, I think Kelpius Cave. I uh,
2: I forget exactly what I know. It's an ale. Uh, I think it might be a golden ale. Uh, that's their best-selling beer, and then they have uh, other beers like double. That's Full surprising. Ale. I do not think
1: golden ale is like sold.
2: Yeah, don't you, you might have to fact check me on that. But, yeah, <laughs> you know what?
0: I I think the Kelpius might be the pale ale that I that I drank. I yeah, I could be wrong.
2: It's their most uh, famous or their best-selling beer right now. And then they have a beer called, like, Devil's Pool okay. and things like that. And uh, I thought it was just a, it's a great family story. It's uh, a guy who used to – Tim, who used to work for the city for years. He was, like, a Fairmount Park uh, employee. And he's the one who set up the he, – he's the one who basically spearheaded the initiative to get food trucks in the Love Park. So okay. he was a longtime civil servant uh, – uh, you know, city employee, and then he decided to do this as his new career. And his wife helps him out. His kids help him out. It's like a very family that's so oriented place. That's awesome. So yeah, she definitely. That's that's another one I featured.
1: Did you did you know the Transylvanian guy? That was America's first doomsday cult, actually. Was it? Yeah. uh ah. Excellent. At least that, that there's records of. I'm sure that the Native Americans had their own doomsday scenarios.
2: He was right. He was yeah. the first Euro. To come over to, and, and claim doomsday. Yes, Kelpius Cave. That's that's the dude. He's from Transylvania. Damn.
1: <laughs> that's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I agree. It is,
0: it is odd, isn't it?
2: Uh, who else did I feature? Oh, Fermentary form uh, Have you guys been there?
0: Yeah, so I, I know Ethan Tripp. That's I, right. I actually, old old buddy of mine. I'm sorry, I forgot. I,
2: I saw um, the uh, Side Project Jerky that you make hanging yes. up inside their facility.
0: Our, our lovely sponsors, yes. Yes, thank you, Side Project. I, um... I, I love that dude. That dude is I could I could sit and talk to him for hours. I
2: uh, yeah I found him to be uh really insightful, really interesting guy, very very friendly. Um, I and he basically said that uh, he he works by himself pretty much exclusively, so he's always by himself. So when I think when people come and visit him, he's like yes, and he like yeah. you know <laughs> so he's been saving up all these like pearls of wisdom that and uh, he described a. Um, Belgian Lambics, uh, which is essentially what they make, uh, very eloquently he said, there are a few things that feel more like a left turn in a right world. That's how he <laughs> described them. and That's why he likes them so much. Yes. And I thought that was very eloquent, and it's just a cool way of putting it, you know?
0: He's, he's quite poetic, for sure. For yeah, sure. Well,
2: I love their beers. And they don't actually brew. They, they get uh, St. Benjamin up the street to make wort for them, and then they put the wort into barrels and adjust the... The uh the wort from there with various yeasts and adjuncts and they just barrel uh ferment and barrel age the beer. Right, they're a
0: what do they call themselves a
2: blendery, right? A Blendery, a fermentery, yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's very awesome. So, we uh we're, where are we here? So we
1: are we, we are at the point where we ask our esteemed guest, uh, even though he himself is not a father to human people, um what type of dad he thinks would want to drink the old hickory regularly
2: I really like that this is a segment on your dad drinking podcast first of all it's really fun thank you um, I, I gave this a little bit of thought and if I had a picture uh, not based in character and, and sinister uh, desires but based more on just like what type of dad it is I would say like Bradley Whitford from Get Out uh, not because he, he's sinister and is trying to like kidnap POCs that his uh, <laughs> daughter dates and convert them. Not that. But I'm saying like, you know, he's a very like erudite, but like he's a dad. Like he's still gonna like embarrass you and say dad type stuff and, and be like, dad, come on. But he's also like, kind of cool. Like yeah. he's kind of cool. He he wears like fitted jeans. Like he doesn't wear the dad jeans. He wears like he's not wearing like the Brett Favre Wranglers. He's yeah. wearing like some dope. He doesn't like, need the extra room. Yeah, he's wearing some 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 slim fit jeans. He he, he might take some like scarf risks. You know, he's yeah. like he's not just wearing scarves for uh, functionality. He's wearing it for fashion. And he's been to Europe, so he knows about Vermouth. And I think he might uh, he might dig this as a result. Because I feel like in order to fully appreciate vermouth and it's versatility as you guys mentioned earlier you kind of need to realize that it's not just an adjunct it's not just something you throw in the glass to, to go with a cocktail it can be drunk on its own which Europeans love doing as a aperitif um, or you could just have it a vermouth exclusive uh, recipe like this one yeah and there's a lot you can do with it and I think that uh, yeah I think yeah Bradley Woodford and get out without <laughs> all without the the sorry spoiler alert I'm sorry if you have it. it's it's not for an Oscar you should just see it guys everybody's seen <laughs> it Oh, well, Everyone so. who listens to the podcast has seen it. It's yes. a great movie. Tens of us. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> all ten, all us. So, yeah, of I could definitely see Bradley Woodford from Get Out drinking an old hickory, maybe like in his sunroom. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so I
1: actually I agree with you, but I think that he's drinking it um, after he's spent a good hour or so in that sunroom on his brand new Peloton machine. <laughs> That he he hooks into because he, he just loves the guided tours and the uh, the competitive aspect of it because more than anything a dad who's comfortable enough drinking session cocktail is a competitive dude um, and he he but he feels comfortable enough in his own skin to not go for the martini or the the Manhattan after after he's done climbing the uh, Pyrenees <laughs> right. uh, virtually on his peloton that he spent thirty thousand dollars on. Right. Those but things it, are expensive. They are. So shit. but this the dad that drinks this type of drink is is able to afford a Peloton. I right. think. Right. I think. Not that it should dissuade everyone here that can't afford a Peloton to try this because it's really good. No, track down we, the vermouth. Yeah. But both
0: <laughs> the dry and the sweet. Yeah. And 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 go for it. Go yes. for it like like you want to be Bradley. No, like you want to oh. break away from the Peloton. <laughs> like you, you know? You want to do the thing when you're on the 10-speed and you put your arms out and you look up. And you're, you're, in
1: like, your, you're in your yellow jersey. You're, yeah,
0: you unzip it, right? And you're fucking clipped in and you're like hands-free. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. Do you, you think know, you have to clip into a Peloton? You can, yeah. Can you Oh, really? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you wow. can get special pedals. Wow. Yeah, dude, it's. Why'd you like, clip
2: into a stationary Exactly,
0: that's my
1: point. Like, <laughs> well, I, what's the what's the
0: point of that? I guess just it,
2: for a verisimilitude, like it's just a more
0: believable like feel, like you're. No, really... I guess so,
1: so. it helps you with your climbing, I guess, right? Yeah, like I mean, you adjust the tension, it. so yeah.
0: you're doing, you're still doing the push pull, thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look like I'm having a seizure right now, but that's it's coming through on the
1: <laughs> show.
2: <laughs> Oh, two more quick things I would say about the Old Hickory. Uh, This particular recipe, I mean, there's a million and one variations of it, but this particular recipe uh, was developed by uh, Maxwell Britton, who's a a New York-based bartender. Uh, So his specific version of this recipe appears in session cocktails. Um, The second thing I'll say about it, uh, you were mentioning Old Fashions and Martinis earlier. I think this is a session cocktail or a, a low ABV easy drinking drink that will really appeal to fans of Strong and Stirred. Drinks like the Old Fashions and yeah. the Manhattans and you know the Rob Roy's of the world, uh, mainly because it already has a vermouth uh, starting point, which people are used to, uh, and also like you know it it has body, it has uh, uh, personality. It's not it it doesn't taste watered down. It doesn't taste weak.
0: You're right. It is. It's 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 bold. It's like it's like right. an all
2: day IPA. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it, it 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 has a lot of flavor and a lot of character, but it's not gonna uh, knock you on your ass after two.
1: So so that's the my one problem with it is that um, it's I don't think aptly named. It's poorly named because Old Hickory, the namesake, unless it's named for the bar, right? Because there's as you said, there's some question about the origin of the name. But if it is in fact named after Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson was not easygoing. He was not <laughs> soft. He yeah. was uh, he he was really not kind a good of a person. Dick. Yeah. 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 He was our first dick president. Yeah. Um, and he, <laughs> I maybe, John, I don't know.
2: John Adams was a, known to be a dick as well. I mean, he
1: was like grumpy, but he wasn't, he, yeah, he was, so, so John Adams was cantankerous and he, such he, a great word. The, the alien and sedition act was an abomination. Right. But, um, he wasn't responsible for the death of a, a murder of a, of a, of a person in a duel like Andrew Jackson was. Oh, yes. He didn't carry around two bullets in his body. Um, he did not challenge anyone uh, – he didn't challenge anyone to a duel that, um, that challenged or that, that besmirched the honor of Abigail Adams, right? Like like Rachel Jackson. If Rachel Jackson was besmirched at all, Andrew Jackson – was um, killing would, people. Yeah, he's he's killing literally killing parents, people. Yes. He once threatened to behead John Calhoun as vice president. Um, there's a lot of echoes of, of today, mm. right, in that he also did not like African-Americans – he was a slave trader, and um, he he chased That's a number thing, of man. slaves uh, to take them back. Why does he, history
0: have to repeat itself?
1: He was responsible for the extermination of Native Americans. He uh, signed the, um, I forget what the name of the actual law was, but the, that started the Trail of Tears. I mean, it's just not, not a good look for Andrew Jackson, even though he graces our $20 bill, and a lot of people, you know... These days, I think a twenty is like what a lot of people make it rain with, which is
0: kind of terrible. You know what? I'm I'm gonna stop using. $20. You're gonna stop using this. it. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna any I get a twenty, I'm gonna go and immediately get change. I'm gonna get the ten dollar founding father, a five and five once. So fuck I, a twenty. I, I would I would make more parallels to today, but I don't want to lose
1: our numerous Russian bot subscribers <laughs> um, <laughs> to this podcast, but. Needless to say, I think there's a lot of echoes to today. Um but but old hickory, when you think of Andrew Jackson and all of that he represents, is not this drink. This drink is like super chill. It's like very relaxed. Correct. Yeah. It's it's approachable. It's much more, um I I don't know, it's like much more like George W. Bush in that, you know, <laughs> looking back on it, you know maybe not that bad maybe maybe not. <laughs> you know maybe, maybe kind of more chill than you thought maybe not. um and that's that's what this this drink is more is a, a lot less andrew jackson to me than some other president that is uh you know not a genocidal maniac, maniac. yeah exactly
2: <laughs> jinx Woo! So just to like legitimately distance this very tasty drink from that that sordid history and legacy uh the famous new new orleans drinks and how to mix them book where this this drink first appears that book itself the original source material for the recipe uh, claims that any connections to jackson are quote hoary and unsubstantiated nice so Good. even in the original, the og text it says <laughs> that this is not named after andrew jackson however it's just, I guess, over time, you know, it just gets kind of mushy, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's not after Andrew Jackson." I mean, you know?
1: he may have he. So at one point, he declared martial law in New Orleans. Even after the war was over, he kept it for over a month, and jailed people that brought lawsuits to try and end martial law. Um, so maybe he decided that it needed to be named after him because he liked to drink it. Who knows?
2: <laughs> I would, yes. As a as a person who legitimately enjoys the cocktail, <laughs> old hickory, I'm extremely bummed to to be reminded of uh, all of this. However, <laughs> old hickory doesn't have to be AJ.
0: It could also just be like a, a very <laughs> venerated tree. <drink>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a venerated drink. So, so anywho, let's um, let's on that note, let's let's take a step away from old hickory as the kids cry upstairs. But uh, Drew, what what else is going on? So you got this book book coming out, but you were also just in Cognac, yes? I was just in Cognac, and it was a really really cool experience. So how did how did that come about, and uh, what what uh, what was going on in in Cognac? I mean, do, were you working on like rap lyrics or? <laughs> no, uh, well I guess I'm in kind of. Always working on rap
2: lyrics. Uh, I'm, there's not ever a time where I can legitimately claim that I'm not. Uh, however, the uh, there's an organization called the BNIC. Uh, I won't offend our French-speaking listeners by attempting to pronounce the French name, but essentially, it's the governing body of cognac. Mm-hmm. So the region of France that con- in which cognac is made is cognac, um, and this it, this organization is in charge of. You know, regulating it, marketing it, promoting it—they're uh, kind of like the end-all, be-all of the cognac business. And all of the the houses, big and small, um, basically contribute to this organization who, that represents them on a global level. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So how
0: many? How many cognacs? Cognac. How many? Like, like are, are, are we talking about? I mean, it's it's, it, it's a fairly large region. I yeah. drove uh, through yeah. there once. Mm-hmm. I was on a bus, but I, I didn't actually drive myself. You didn't drive the bus. <laughs> I didn't drive the bus. No, I was in high school. I I didn't even I didn't even know the the song lyric. The Henny got me not knowing at that <laughs> point. But so, it, it's a big. Are there maybe I you mean, did, but you maybe, just forgot. I could have after being there. Could have been, but um, is are there a lot of producers? I guess is what I'm getting at.
2: Yes, yeah, so yeah, the BNIC reached out to me and a, a few other American journalists and writers, uh, and said, "Hey, do you want to come over and just kind of get the lay of the land?" Um, which I felt very fortunate to be able to do. The um, yes, the I, I don't know the exact number, but I've had it, if i had a ballpark it. I would say somewhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred total producers in that region. Wow. And that could be anyone from Hennessy. Uh, which is literally responsible for 50% of all Cognac sales really? worldwide. Yes. Wow. They're number one by like, by a terrifying margin. That's nuts. But then um, I also visited a really awesome kind of uh, smaller producer called Cognac Philbert, Uh and they're two brothers. And they basically, um, how it works there is very few of these large Cognac producers own their own land and their own grapes. So what they do is they subcontract out uh, grapes growing, grape growing and distilling to a lot of these uh, uh, family owned farms and distilleries. So ni- about 90% of their output goes to all the big big boys. So okay. you're talking Remy, you're talking Hennessy, Cavassier, um, and places like that. But with that other 10%, they're able to really do special stuff and really Do their own thing, and without having to adhere to the parameters that their bigger clients want them to. So that's that was it was cool. Like I visited Remy Martin, and I visited um, Hennessy, but I also got to see the other side of it, where these guys are the ones who really are responsible at the end of the day for making those big houses run, because they provide them with a distillate, Uh, and then at the same time they're able to do their own thing, which I thought was really cool to be able to experience yeah so the cognac folks just brought us out there to kind of see how it actually all happens because they want I think they want more Americans to uh, get into it. I think they're really targeting the uh, American craft whiskey drinkers because they want people to realize that there are other options out there for you know that that brown water as we call it
1: <laughs> so so in your testing in your tastings, um, my, my my interest in alcohol literature is often how how do you guys survive after doing tastings of you know 10 different things do you do like the sip and spit or what is what is your methodology to uh be able to still write after you uh,
2: (laughs) good question sample uh this yeah this comes up a lot when you're at wine tastings or liquor tastings or beer tastings or anything no i do not spit um i feel as though it's wasteful a uh, B, I'm just, I'm bad at it. And I feel like I will, like, miss the bucket <laughs> and just spit onto my shirt or spit on someone. And, like, I, I wish I was joking. I'm dead serious. Like, that's one of the main reasons I don't spit because I just don't want to, like, spit on someone. Because, like, knowing me, I'm the type of dude who, like, I'll, like, like, tip my drink back to drink it and, like, all the ice will fall out. And, like, one ice cube will go down my shirt. Like, one will, like, ping off and hit someone in the face. Like, I'll drop it <laughs> on the ground. Like, I'm just, I'm. For whatever reason, I'm very uh, spill-prone.
0: Quick sidebar. How do you feel about the
2: Big Giant Ice Cube? I like the Big Giant Ice Cube. Um, uh. I can't make them at home. They have to be made uh, with a certain way, a certain type of freezing. And uh, I, get, I get it. I don't think it's absolutely necessary. But it's honestly the best way f- certain bartenders feel to keep a drink cold with minimal dilution.
0: I mean yes, that's I, right. I hate the big ice cake. He Why do you it. hate it? I I think I think, I, well, <clears throat> we talked about this last time. I I think as it's, Drew knows. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the he listens to all of our podcasts. It it <laughs> absolutely it it's just too it's too, it's too much. big it's too big like like it just hits you in the face you don't get mm, a good yes. s- you don't get a good sip. And I, yeah, and, and, and to be honest, like, I don't mind actually a, a little bit of dilution. I mean, oh no, like, it's essential. So like, yeah. like that that's the thing is like it's like I, I, I actually I, I'm, I'm kind of psyched to to get a big gulp of watered down cocktail at the at the end of the cocktail heard, heard. Or, or I'll just I mean I drink it so fast that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, part much. of this is your pace issue, right? <laughs> like you you yeah. you go hard at it and then yeah.
1: and then you don't get any dilution at all. Yeah, right. I, I just get
0: a big ice cube that's like numbing my cheek because it's so big. It's anyway, sorry, sorry. So I don't so...
2: yeah, I don't seek out the big ice cube, but I don't really have a major issue with it. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I I understand I understand your your qualms. Yeah. Well, I do.
1: <laughs> qualms are noted.
2: Yes. We so is this going to turn into a book
1: or is this going to be just an article? Or... Uh, cognac? yeah, uh,
2: yeah no, uh, I did not go into it with specific. I had a, I went into it with a couple specific ideas, but nothing like super assigned or like ready to go. Definitely have ideas. Um you'll definitely be seeing pieces from me uh, about this topic in various ways in the coming months. Uh yeah, I, I was I felt very fortunate to be able to go. Uh thanks to the BNIC for for taking me over there. It was very generous of them and it was a, it was a cool experience like I'm just, uh, like I was telling you earlier, I'm just uh, dumb and from Baltimore. I've not really been to that many places in the world, to be honest. So that was my first time in France. Okay. And I learned a lot. I've never been either. Oh, uh, it was rad. Uh, I, I love French people. They're, everyone I talk to, I don't know if this is just cognac or, or, or countrywide. I did spend one night in Paris, but I didn't really get too much of a chance to hang. But uh, everyone I talk to is very, very funny. Like, they were some of the funniest, most wry and wittiest People I've met, like as a collective uh, nationality, uh, everyone was just so cool and just I had a great sense of humor, and I, I really noticed that and appreciated that about them.
0: That's awesome. So you went, you flew into, did you fly into De Gaulle and then just like jump in a car after spending a night in Paris, or?
2: I uh, let's see. I went from JFK to De Gaulle, and then I took a little hopper flight to Bordeaux, which is like an okay. hour away, okay. and then yeah, from there it was about another hour drive to. Uh, the kind of central Cognac where we stayed, uh, and then on the way back we took a train from co- where we were back to Paris, and then flew out of De Gaulle. Interesting. And that's basically Hearts.
0: it. Are there Cognac cocktails?
1: Um, I think we should try and
2: find one. Yeah. And maybe look at it next. Sidecar time. is probably the most famous uh, okay. one. Yes. Yes. That's but yeah, right. there's that's there's right. there's definitely a ton. Uh, so yeah. But in terms of like you know American drinks that uh, people. Really dig. It's uh, probably that. Uh, sidecar, French 75. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and there's, there's definitely quite a few, but those are probably the two big ones.
1: So, do you want to switch into the fast casual portion of the uh, the yeah, episode? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I've got some good ones. Are you ready for this, Drew?
2: Okay. Can you give me a, pr- a brief primer on what fast casual is? Yeah. So, be? fast
1: casual is much like the food delicious, um, great, well made, great not, fast food, <laughs> not fast food, not fast food, but something that's you know, pretty relaxed. You order at a counter and you take away to eat somewhere else, not okay. on the premises. Okay. Okay. This, is, this, type, of, this type of question is um, maybe not about alcohol or anything in particular. All like, right. Like, for example, and it's pretty rapid. So we just want your initial thoughts. Like, first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Got it.
2: And if I say something extremely offensive, will you go in and insert something very classy and intelligent without after a, a the f- fact? Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just yes. Yes. Having, is... having that assurance from you, I will speak freely. Excellent. Excellent. Safe space here. Safe space. <laughs> okay, your favorite
1: recipe from the new book.
2: Ooh, uh, there there is a uh, there is a really interesting drink by a New York bartender, Natasha David, and it's called the Mermaid Parade.
1: Mermaid Parade. Yes,
2: and speaking of cognac, guys, uh, oh. it has a product, uh, Pasquet Marie Framboise which is basically a uh raspberry infused cognac product
1: it's gonna say i know framboise is raspberry R- correct yeah. R- raspberry. Framboisa. uh
2: yeah so it's uh, it's an egg white drink uh okay. but okay. it's 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 like a tall drink so i had to stop with soda that's not a
1: marcos drink, the egg white drink except for the nog right no, you don't I like you don't it, it. like, you don't the, like flips, egg the
2: flips i'm yeah. all right with the flips okay. all right uh yeah if i could i could do two i'll do that i'll do that one it has aperol as well grapefruit juice this sounds uh, like a marco's drink yes uh Lemon juice, simple syrup, and then the egg white is like you know the little egg white crown, like a fizz or whatever. Cool. Um, that's really cool. And the other drink I really dig is called the Cobra. Um, nice. Cobra with a K. Oh, so, so not
1: like GI Joe's. Not Cobra Commander. No. Right.
2: No. Uh, Played by uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the, the first really? G.I. Joe movie, yes. So I only watched... I never saw that.
1: I only watched the cartoon, and I know Cobra was the evil organization intent on yeah. taking over all Death natural resources. the
0: shit. Death, like it, like the, I had the little... We liked the
1: Serpentor. Remember when Serpentor came in? Shit. Yeah. He was he was actually the boss of Cobra Clan. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, they be, raised was him a... from South American temples somewhere, <laughs> and um, Cobra, in their quest to capture all the natural resources, stumbled upon the grave, the tomb of Serpentor, and then he they became beholden to him.
0: That shit was pretty advanced and, and dark. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, no, it was it was great. It was great. We like
1: uh, my brother and I. Still, we have a lot of interests that are similar, and um, we'll often think of each other when. Uh, Something happens. We'll think of the G.I. Joe twins. Who, if if one was hurt, the other
0: guy would get hurt in the exact same oh, yeah. spot. Remember those guys? I, I wanted to be those guys <laughs> like so bad. So so what is in a what's in a cobra?
2: Okay, so the cobra uh, is snake. a snake. Is a recipe no that uh, originates with uh, Morgan Schick, who is a creative director and and bartender at Trick Dog in San Francisco. Not. Frisco or San Fran, as we were talking <laughs> exactly. about earlier. Yeah, if you want, if you want people from the Bay or yeah. the city, as they call the it, since like they say that. the city. Uh, if if you don't want, if you want them to kill you, you can say San Fran or Frisco, but we'll call it San Francisco. Uh, Trick Dog is one of my favorite cocktail bars in America. It's just such a cool place. But this is a riff on the Bamboo, which is a basically it's not so different from the Old Hickory, but it's a split base of uh, of sherry and vermouth as opposed to two different types of vermouth. Um, And sherry, you'll notice, plays into a ton of these old session cocktails. Um, And then it's being interpreted in contemporary ways as well, such as with the Cobra. So, yeah, it has white port in it, which is on its own uh, something that you don't see very often. You see port, but you, you see white port not quite as often. Uh, maybe if you're like Cristiano Ronaldo, you see it. Like, or if you're, you know, if you're like a my cruel... brother-in-law is
1: actually Portuguese. I bet he sees it. Oh, probably.
2: dude, yeah, mm. they well, they drink white port and tonics over there, uh, and that is that the best delicious. summer yeah. drink you could ever drink. I I love it. And yeah, that's that's a, that's another hashtag sesh sesh tail. tail, nice. Yeah, so it's got white port. Uh, it's got manzanilla sherry, uh, tempest fugit, uh, velvet falernum, which is used in a ton of uh, tiki drinks. Um, and then it has a couple of different kinds of bitters and yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's served in a, it's served up in a, a coupe glass. So just like a, a straw yeah, just like a strong classic cocktail. Uh, but yeah, it's a riff on an old drink. The bamboo is probably the most riffed upon original old school recipe for the new school session cocktails. Oh, um, there's nice. tons of variations on the bamboo in this book, uh, but I really like this one just because I just think it's creative. It's something different, uh, and it it's kind of a a nice uh, mix of of uh, the contemporary with kind of old school, and that's what I dig about the Cobra.
1: Okay, next question: Have you ever shotgunned a beer?
2: Yes. Uh, Have you ever
1: done a shotgun duel?
2: I not intentionally. Okay. Uh, do you, like, uh, do you mean like
1: you take three paces? crack it shotgun it and then the person that finishes first gets to throw the empty beer can at the, the
2: oh battery. i didn't realize there was like established rules oh yeah okay. no duels are very okay, so it's like based. a it's like yeah. a it's like angie jackson we were talking about earlier yes. or like a hamilton Burst style, yes. style thing okay got it you um, brought it
1: you brought it right back to where i
2: wanted to go. i have not done that um however i uh i did shotgun a beer on broad street after the eagles won the super bowl nice that's awesome um that was that was the first one I'd done in a while. Um, but for Punch, I did a story about a guy who shotgunned a beer every day for 365 straight days awesome. and uh, put I it on Instagram. I wish that was my dad.
0: And put oh he put it on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, yes. Like and he was uh, doing
2: it like next to things and everywhere. Uh, he did it. So I for that article, um, I researched the origins of. Shotgunning, and uh, I learned a lot of interesting stuff. There's a lot of hazy, non-like yeah, and unsubstantiated boring unsubstantiated. <laughs> uh, yeah, as uh, famous New Orleans drinks and how to mix them likes to point out. Uh, yeah, very apocryphal cocktail history is, but uh, yeah, no one can remember. So yeah, I think, I think just... that's pretty much it. But uh, basically, my my uh, educated guess was that um, if you watch a lot of footage of Vietnam War. Um, they show a lot of the GIs smoking weed out of the uh, unloaded barrel of shotguns. Um, and that's where the term shotgun for smoking originates. Okay. Because they would, you know, put it in one end and then hit it from the other end of the uh, empty barrel. And I couldn't find any serious, serious evidence, like, strongly connecting the two, but, like, I figured that it just became a general term for, like, blasting an intoxicant into your face. Right. right? With, so, with,
1: with something that has
2: two holes in either <laughs> end, right? <laughs> Right, and I also surmise that like, people were not shotgunning the old beer cans because you could not puncture those. Right. Because the, they were not always made of aluminum. They're like tin. And, the, and the, tab, uh, the tab that we know as the, the easy tab now was not always the case because you used to have the church key and all that. So my best guess is that it started after aluminum cans came into fashion and sometime in the Vietnam War. Uh, and I personally try not to shotgun beers too often However, if it's a celebratory special occasion, such as uh, Eagles winning the Super Bowl for the first time in history, I will crush a Miller Lite nice. at Broad and South. Uh, but I do not throw it on the ground. Everyone else throws theirs on the ground. Yeah, you have to stomp
1: on it. You have to prove that there's nothing, no remnant.
2: I just held it up and upside down works, and showed yeah. that there was no beer in it because I didn't want to litter. <laughs> Everyone else is <was> littering. <laughs> I put mine in the trash. I put mine, the, well, I was looking for recycling, but I couldn't find it, so I just went in the trash. <laughs> All right, so uh, I,
1: I, I got a lot more, if you want, for keep, the Fast Casual section. Yeah, keep All going. All right, so when was the first time you realized you were better at something than your dad was?
2: Ooh, um, okay, I, I think earlier you were talking a little bit about video games, right? Yeah, that was yes. before we
1: recorded, but sure.
2: <laughs> oh, right, okay, so we were ta- we were chatting about that. That That's one, I think. Um, we had, I think it was NBA Live 98, maybe, for Sega CD and wow. my dad is a Celtics fan so it was like when like Dana Barros was on the team and like players like that and I remember beating him uh, on Dana a- was one of my favorite yeah. Sixers
1: actually I've got a buddy um, listener Bill who used to wear a, a Dana Barros jersey Sixers jersey with a mock turtleneck underneath which is pretty wow. sweet that, style back in the that day that is excellent and-
2: uh, the, the yeah. So I remember beating him in like NBA Live '97, or '98. Had Mitch Richmond on the cover. I remember that. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm that was one. But I don't want to take yours. So I think another one I'll say is like when my dad who still lives in the Baltimore area comes to visit me and he is like driving in the city and I'm driving with him. He's like, ah, and he's just (laughs) panicking. So like I feel like I'm much better at driving in, in high stress urban situations than he is.
1: The reason I brought this up was because, um, I recently went to my eight year old daughter's piano recital, her second recital. She's only been playing for like maybe eight months and she played a piece of music from memory that was really amazing. Multiple hand two hands going at once and, you know, uh, not, not, you know, whatever, what's that thing that they did on the, that movie with uh, Big? Heart and Soul. Yes. Yes. It wasn't that, it's like much more complicated than that. And
2: it wasn't a giant novelty step
1: piano. It was a regular <laughs> It piano. was though. It was oh, weird. Okay. It was a very strange recital. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so she, she was, uh, she was playing this and I thought to myself, wow, that's amazing. She is better than me at something and I'm her old dad, right? And, I thought, what was I, when did I realize I was better than my dad at something? And I think, I know I'm better than my dad at drinking, number one. But I didn't know I was better than my dad at drinking when I was, like, eight or something. When we played video games with the Nintendo. My dad sucks at drinking. Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he can't handle his shit, man. What
1: about you? What uh, What was your
0: first time you realized you were better than your parents at something? Either your dad or your mom. I don't know. I mean, it... It, it it has to be in the vein of electronics. I, I feel like oh, yeah. like generationally and, and this is something that we, we all have that commonality, right? You know, the the parents they called it the, the videos. You're playing the videos, the videos. But <laughs> I, I remember I think they were trying <gasps> to get the, the word processor going, right? <laughs> uh, word yeah, perfect? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And they, they couldn't like, I mean, my mom could type like a fucking beast, like just like, you know, but she, she couldn't pull the fucking, like, you know, she didn't know which way the, the floppy disk went into the computer. And it was, so so maybe it was that, but I just, I remember being, I, 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 it's a shame as, as a as a parent now watching my kids get frustrated and impatient with me, just realizing that I was just, as big of a dick to to <laughs> my parents and and i i just i feel bad now but but then my mom will call and I'll, like it's the same thing i i i am so short with with my mother it's like why why i it, honor
1: and respect my parents always yeah, <laughs> right i'm sure 100 percent of the time
0: yeah no I, I, and it's you know it. Why, why, why am I being so mean? And then I look at my kids and they're being fucking mean to me. And it's like, okay, well, it's either karma or this is just kind of the natural evolution of the parent-child relationship. All right, so speaking of tech, do you snap anymore, Drew? Or are you just all Instagram? Um, or no Instagram?
2: I snap very, very, very infrequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have friends who send me snaps. And I, like, respond to my friends' snaps sometimes. But no, more, more Instagram stories. I just think it's just, it's just all consolidated in one thing. And I just think it's easier to use did you see the recent update of snapchat it's very confusing yes i feel very old looking at it i just don't really i haven't popped open snapchat exactly
1: no one does it anymore i'm very confused by that it was the thing
0: yeah last year this time it, it really was my my favorite drew laser instagram stories are of his lovely little wife michelle when it like he he'll unsuspectingly just like Move the camera over to her, and she'll like catch him doing it, and then she'll like be like, "Get it off me!" And it always it reminds me of the intro from Alf. And it's like, he's going around with the yeah. camera, oh. and everyone's like, "Alf, come on!" <laughs> That's like
1: my favorite thing. I, like he he would try and eat the cat all the time. Yeah. How did he not ever get the cat? Everyone's at work and school, Dude, presumably, was, right? Was, okay.
0: So so one. <laughs> He he was a he, he was a midget. If he loves wearing, eating cats, wait. How can you not just go get that okay. cat? Okay, but he's he's a puppet, right? <laughs> he's, well, he's he's an alien. He's an he's an alien, but he's a three foot tall furry plush alien. So so he clearly can't w- like w- run. I mean, and if he's trying to. <laughs> I can't to r- remember.
2: Do they show his leg? Do they show his legs or bottom half? Of the every, show? I always, later in the series, like, every now, later, now and again, series.
0: I always like I waited for that. They didn't have the, they didn't have the tech
2: technology in the early yeah. days to show that but to in, show him like the doing like a
0: backspin and shit no, no okay
2: so it wasn't like in mac and me when when mac gets inside the uh teddy bear costume and dances in the mcdonald's
0: also awesome great <laughs> fucking reference wow mac and me i i did see that in the movie theaters i don't think i've seen it since it's uh it's that's a special film for me
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so last question in the, okay in the fast casual so um Philly Twitter is a thing, right? Oh, yeah, I would say so, sure. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite aspect of Philly Twitter?
2: Um, or in it, or, but...
1: or personality.
2: Uh Philly Twitter, I mean, it's very sports oriented, which I think is great because it goes part it's part and parcel of Philadelphia id, you know, the, the personality. Agreed. Um both my least and most favorite part of it is uh, Philly Twitter's like inability to like let anything go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a quick example. That's a personal story. Uh, I was in New York over the winter. I was in it was in November, and I was by myself, and I was like just having some drinks, and I was like maybe feeling a little bit, and I was just like oh well, whatever. I was by myself. I went on Twitter, and I I was been thinking a while like. When I first, I've lived in Philadelphia for 16 years, and I first, when I first saw people eat soft pretzels for breakfast, um, I, I always thought that was so weird, because I would always associate soft pretzels with like either uh, sports, like right. get at a baseball game or whatever. You don't
1: whatever. think of mustard as like a breakfast food. Right, right. or, or, I would
2: associate, that, or I would associate it with that, or associate like, it with going to like BJ's with my mom, because BJ's would always have them in the snack, like the super pretzels in the snack, uh, the, the rotating case. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. BJ's, Costco, kind of place. So people would just... I would just see people like on campus at LaSalle University where I went to school just like chugging a Diet Coke with one hand and just scarfing down like two interconnected soft Philly soft pretzels at once. I I see that
1: all the time too going even as like a professional going to New York in the morning on the Amtrak. People stop by the Philly Pretzel Company and grab like two or three pretzels and eat them on the train. It's right. It's to me, it's It's, gross and weird.
2: I compared it to do you guys watch uh, Parks and Recreation? Of course. You know, th- you know the running gag where everyone in Pawnee, Indiana, uh, when they want to drink out of a public water fountain, just wraps their mouth around the, the yeah. spigot <laughs> yes. instead of like putting their mouth? Yeah. Like, and, and uh, Ben Wyatt, who's not from there, comes and sees it. And everyone in the town thinks it's completely normal, but he's an outsider and he sees it and he's like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? That's like basically me. Uh, and so I, I said something to that effect on Twitter, just like, goofing around. It's like a Friday night. And immediately, immediately. Both people I knew and people I don't know were in my mentions. Like, like this Dipper is your Grove. worst take. You. Yeah. People were so upset. <laughs> um, Brian Hickey, my former coworker at City Paper who now uh, writes for Philly Voice, did an entire article about it where he quoted the <laughs> owner of the Philadelphia Soft Pretzel Factory who was like, "Oh, it's a great thing. It's a great uh, re- f- breakfast food. This guy's an idiot." And no, all this kind of stuff. It and like I would be out at bars and people I didn't know would be like yo, pretzels are a perfectly acceptable uh, breakfast food, Drew. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm like, who are you? Like, I, we've never <laughs> met, but they just know me from this like controversial take, which I didn't really think was that big of a deal. I was just joking around. It escalated to the point where the official City of Philadelphia Twitter account put a poll up, and they were like, we want to know, do you think that soft pretzels are an acceptable <laughs> breakfast food? And I'm just like, this is all from me being drunk and, like, thinking it was funny to, like, make a Parks and Rec joke. Like, because I think it's – I always thought it was a weird and quirky thing Philadelphians did. And they got – people got so mad. And it just – today uh, – Art Etchels of Manitani Stillworks Works, um, whose whiskey was the, right the, yeah, the, the unofficial sponsor The unofficial
1: sponsor of uh, Dad Drinking. Yes, yeah. uh, he maybe someday an unofficial sp- who knows who yeah. knows. Today's Art help us yeah. out.
2: Today's <laughs> February 15th. This yeah. was in this was like before Thanksgiving. Today I, I tweeted something completely unrelated to any of this. Innocuous. Yeah, Art's all of my mentions talk about pretzels <laughs> for breakfast again. I'm like <laughs> Philadelphia Twitter's inability to let anything go I find very funny and very kind of uh, puckish and like just just very uh, just endearing but also like when you're the specific target of everyone's trolling it's just like man like what have I done like, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not changing my stance. People think they can berate and like bully me into saying that soft pretzels are an acceptable breakfast food and let me just say for the record on dad drinking. I still feel the same exact way. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I I reserve the right to think that. I'm sorry. That's get, just how I feel. I, reserve, I
0: think, reserve your rights,
1: folks. Yes. Reserve yeah. your as, rights. Uh, as I li- think that yeah. uh, Swaggy Mitch will come at you now.
2: That's fine. <laughs>
1: uh, I love Swaggy Mitch. By the way, if he's listening to this, he is my favorite Philly Twitter, besides Drew Laser and uh, Fidel Gastro, my favorite mm. Philly Twitter mm. uh, contributor. I don't know if you guys know him, but yeah. Swag is really funny. Swaggy very, Mitch. Very,
0: very funny. Yeah. Who who uh, who are among your favorites, Drew? Uh,
2: Philadelphia base Twitters. Um, I really enjoy uh, fake WIP caller. Oh, he's awesome! Uh, yes. uh, he's awesome. One of my no, favorites. did you
1: notice that he changed from Buddy Ryan finally to Doug Peterson avatar? I did Doug notice Peterson that. Avatar? I think it was
2: extremely appropriate. Excellent. Um, I really like uh, Dan McQuaid, who is a local writer who now writes for Deadspin. Yeah, uh, he's good. Yes,
0: Dan McQuaid is fucking. Yes, awesome.
2: Yes, he's very funny. He like really gets Twitter. He's very he's very good at it. Uh, and, you know, for the most part, uh, I feel – we were talking about this a little bit before we, were, we recorded, but I feel like Twitter has been through a lot in the past couple of years and people are like, oh, Twitter's a failure. But now I feel like people are going back to Twitter because it's a it's a more uh, a direct – distillation of, like, people's real personalities and real thoughts, whereas Instagram, it's just so hashtag curated, and, like, it's just <laughs> fake, and, like, people see people see through that now, and, like, it's just so phony, like, the whole influencer culture and all that, it's just, like, fake, and then they've also changed the algorithm, you know, so you've seen shit from, like, six days ago, and they're like, yeah. Merry Christmas, and I'm like, oh, it's January, I don't understand what I'm supposed yeah. to this. So, like, I think a lot of those factors, and then, you know, we're talking about the, the, the rising irrelevance of things like Snapchat, I feel as though people are coming back to Twitter because they're like, "This was the OG, man. Like, this is uh, this is where I can say stupid shit about pretzels and get abused for months." <laughs> I and I just uh, I just love it. I love it. Plus, you can
1: do a lot more with two hundred and eighty characters or whatever it is now.
2: Right? That's correct. Yes, yeah. I have I have many more more trash thoughts now that there's <laughs> c- the character uh, <laughs> limit is higher. I can say a lot more
0: horrible, stupid things. Very nice. So, so I mean. That's that's kind I, of. I have fast casual out here. This is like the best fast casual ever. It's usually this, Marco stumbling over like Mexican oh, trivia, you. or or <laughs> it's you. It's you like like abusing the fast casual by like talking for thirty minutes on one single question, which I don't understand well, at least, you can at fucking extemporaneously I'm gonna expand you, on all your fucking bullshit. I'm gonna
1: give you an award this time for not bringing up the type of dad that drinks the old Hickory and, and not mentioning his footwear, because yeah. you you consistently mention his footwear and today you did not. Actually, I don't think you even gave us a a thought on that. Well, look, I mean... mean, You want to talk about footwear, don't you?
0: Well, I... (laughs) The clip-ins. I... I, (laughs) We did talk about Boomer. Oh, we did. Bowie. We talked about it right. right. because right, we talked about the fucking on buttons. brand. I got to stay on brand. brand. I All stay on right. brand. so let stop stay there because right. we're right. on brand. Well, hey, Drew, thank you so, so much for coming out. Drew, this tell is... us again where we can
1: find you or and the listeners, the tens of them that can find you.
2: Well, I, I really appreciate you guys having me. But before we go, can I quickly ask you guys a fast-catching oh, question? Shit. absolutely. Yeah, sure. Please do. Okay. Please do.
0: Okay. Turn the tables. You're,
2: you're both fathers. <laughs> yes. I do not have kids. However,. People who do have kids like to tell me their hottest kid takes all the time, <laughs> and I want to know: uh, in parents-only circles, is there discussion of like policy or or general approach of how people with kids should talk about the topic of children with people, their friends who do not have kids? Is it like, oh, we we shouldn't bring it up, or like, oh, we should give our buddy a hard time because oh, he should have kids? Like, what is the conversation among parents on the topic of? Talking about kids with the friends who do not have kids, so I'm gonna go first.
0: Go ahead, man. I've got a lot of thoughts on this, yeah, so give me some that's, that's give me some great. space. So, so here's here's the thing that 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 happens when when you have kids, mm-hmm. and, and it's actually kind of unfortunate because I, I have a lot of friends um, who who don't have kids or are just kind of getting in the game now, and and what you find is that. You know the the commonality of just having another you know another set of parents who have kids the same age, like those all of a sudden become your friends. I mean, That's actually why this podcast started. Yeah, so so you know, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm fortunate enough to know, you know, guys like Jim who are you know, we we can actually you know bro out and 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 do shit like this. But what's what's funny is like now that I'm, you know. I've got an eight and a six-year-old it's it's rare that we that we hang out with you know people with without kids and it, it, it's it's just that that just happens organically mm-hmm. um, but regarding the topic of children like I, I'm just just across the board like I'm never one to push my agenda I'm, I'm very opinionated mm-hmm. but when it comes to how other people should feel or act or whatever it's like that's that's your shit like you you can have your shit because like i like i would you know i want people to respect what i do and kind of what i'm about so so that's my whole thing so so i would you know i'm never one to be like oh you should totally have kids like or or you know don't fucking have kids or whatever whatever it is it's just like it's i i mean really i like to kind of have conversations with people that revolve around like our like shared interests so i'm never yeah you you know what i mean it's like it's like that's and that's like kind of like it's almost like your your politics right it's just like whatever you know it's like i'm i'm not like i used
1: to hate i used to hate when i was uh I I had, I was without children when Mm -hmm. people would spend the entire time talking about their children because, like, no one cares about your kids. No one cares about your fantasy football team and no one cares about your kids, really, (laughs) right? It's true, it's true. So so I I try and keep that in mind um, when I'm not podcasting. I just don't talk about my kids that much either. And plus, like, I don't, I mean, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to my family. I have a big family. I'm lucky, Mm -hmm. right, that I get a ton of cousins, ton of, um, and that's why mostly I don't want people to, see my instagram because it's just like my kids like it's not particularly interesting i don't have like a cool brindle dog like you do (laughs) i don't have uh i don't have like a cool alter ego like fidel gastro right i just kind of throw up pictures on there for for my cousins and aunts and uncles but to me i would i I really cringe when um kids become a topic but it's such a big part of your life, right? it's hard not to talk about these little things that I like, live with you oh, yeah. kind of look like you and have like, <laughs> act, act have, like, like yeah, you. have like the worst personality traits of both of the, the people that created them. It's yeah. like, it's really, it really messes with your head. So it's, it's interesting and really cool. And to me, for example, when I saw my kid play the piano so beautifully, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I can't believe that I have this little thing that grew up with me so far that is doing this, that I, I have no idea how to do. Uh, a lot of interest in doing, but not the patience, and she's just really good at it. So, like that kind of thing is like pretty cool. But I would never. I try really hard in my normal life, never to bring it up unless people ask me about it.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not a open up the wallet, like oh look, and here's this person, and and but I I've been in so many situations where everyone's like, look how fucking awesome oh, my look, kid he is. He just asked us a fast casual, and we spent like ten minutes talking. It's it. your no. Fault, I though. wanted to know both <laughs> of your thoughts
2: about it. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for sharing. I just didn't know if there was some sort of official discussion in, like, the parental guild or, like, the parental coven or whatever the collective <laughs> noun of, of you guys is. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I would just, just honestly It's the International
1: how... Brotherhood of Parents.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. The iBop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Drew, it was awesome having you on. I, I personally love your Tumblr. You didn't mention that earlier. Um, I think your Tumblr is pretty funny and um, not – Soft pretzel heavy. <laughs> um <laughs> so, so that's, if you just go on Tumblr and look for Drew Laser, L-A-Z-O-R, you'll be able to find him.
2: Yep, yeah. And where um, else can yeah. we find your stuff? Uh, well, yeah, at DrewLaser.com, at Drew Laser on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, uh, is where you can find me. I post all my articles and whatnot up there, so you can find a lot of the the writing uh, on social media. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, Session Cocktails will be coming out uh, in late May of
0: this year, and you can pre-order it now on... Amazon or other places. Awesome, awesome very good so and you can find dad drinking at daddrinking.com. drinking Drew knows this but yeah. maybe
1: the listeners don't yeah, yeah it's my yeah. homepage. Oh
0: yeah my
2: <laughs> chrome google chrome so
1: dad drinking dot com you can um, you can actually see the recipe that uh, Drew gave us you can get a preview from the book you can also check out pictures that Marcos takes quite expertly of the various bottles that yeah, we use yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, it's would very artsy I, it's artsy I would, ooh. <laughs> and then if you want to see like the BTS moments uh, you go to in, our Instagram stories at dad drinking on Instagram or on Twitter from time to time we'll 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 actually tweet something but usually that's just a link to our instagram yes insta's where we do our thing
0: yeah Yeah.
1: Insta's awesome yeah but so we don't know like we've been promising a guest forever and look we finally delivered so now you guys know that we actually can deliver although it may be six episodes after we (laughs) promise it
0: (laughs) that's fine so please leave five star reviews comment Send us feedback. Yeah,
1: remember the whole the innovative thing we're doing, the
0: mailbag. Yeah, um, we yeah. skipped this time because we had Drew, but we also uh, didn't get any any mail. I'll send it in the, <laughs> the also mailbag, it so. in mail. <laughs> <So>. oh, <yeah. laughs> Thank you guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Hit the right, outro until next Marco. time. You got it. Done. Bye.